is Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer, with your host, Mr. Gameplay Goodness himself, Stevie Stroud. All right, everybody, we are live, and uh, this is now, we have to add a number to this because the first time we did it, it was just guys talking cocoa but now this is officially cocoa chat number two the second chat of cocoa related stuff in uh in only two weeks time and i am joined by the lovely and talented nicholas morentis uh, author of pop star pilot and other games uh on uh from australia no less good day nick um from the from the great white north and oh canada we have l curtis boyle host of the color computer games list website hello curtis How's Hello. it going, eh? Uh, we yep. have Mark Overholzer. And where were you from again, Mark? Um, Oregon. Oregon. Okay, we won't hold that against you. And then author of Temple of Rom, Shanghai, and other things color computer related and, and other interesting children and other, other things in the universe, too, Rick Adams. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, Rick. It's a pleasure to speak to you again. Uh, in the chat, it looks like Bill Noble is here as well, Curtis's partner in crime. Uh, fellow uh, cohort of uh, Nitrous Nine and other things, mm -hmm. and we're we're back to talk about Coco stuff and um, another fairly uh, unplanned, <laughs> unscripted talk about all things color computer. That is our uh, motto. Yes, uh, and this is actually uh, historically uh, this is a very momentous occasion because this is the first time we've seen Nick Morentis as an actual three-dimensional uh, human being. Because for <laughs> for almost two years now, he's only been a uh, profile picture to me. I th you know, it's like when you go on these online dating sites, you always wonder, are you going to get the real thing? And <laughs> I still think it's a green screen. <laughs> It's so all Hollywood trickery. <laughs> so we see Nick in the flesh for the first time. So it's good to see you, Nick. Greg, what's that you got running? Me. What's that you got running in the background there, Nick? Oh, some crappy game I've been evaluating. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down review? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's on the bottom of the world, so he'd actually have to give it thumbs up for it to be a thumbs down for oh, us. Oh, good so. point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Rick, uh, we were just talking about this right before we went live, but you are going to be given a keynote um, uh, presentation for us at Coco Fest. And I don't want you to give away anything that you're talking about, but you were talking about that you had done this at Rainbow Fest, which is uh, also, you know, a pretty cool thing, a nice feather to have in your cap to be a keynote speaker at Rainbow Fest back in the in the mega heydays of the Coco. So um, I'm really looking forward to that, meeting you in person as well. I am counting the days. Yes, it's about a month from now. A little less, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm going to pull up that 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 um, schedule again. I think I have the Coco. Uh, the, I think I have the Glenside website here. Let me pull this up real quick, and I'm going to go over to uh, Coco Fest. All right, is it Coco Fest? Is my mouse working? And then we're going to go to events, right? And let's see when your when your event is scheduled. So your event is scheduled for Saturday morning at 10 a.m. You are basically going to be the kickoff to Coco Fest. No pressure. No pressure. Yep. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> the entire fest rests on your shoulders. Don't screw it up. <laughs> and we expect you to code a game live at the at the talk too. So. 
Oh, I wish. Oh man. <laughs> That would be fabulous. So, so yeah, we look, we we definitely look forward to that. Um, I'm just looking forward to being at the fest again this year. For me, last year was my first time. It was very overwhelming. You kind of, and then one of the questions came up. I forgot if it came up on the Coco Crew podcast or if it came up on the Facebook group. But somebody was saying, you know, why should I go? And everybody kind of chimed in, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, it was my first fest and, and, and there was so much to take in. And, but, the, but the reality is, is that there's something there for anybody. If you like the color computer even a little bit, there'll be something for you. If you like the color computer a lot, there's a lot for you there. Um, the thing that I really want to try to focus on this year is to observe more of the exhibitor area because it was almost like last minute thing oh it's it's you know it's saturday night it's 11 35 i've got 20 minutes to run around and look at everything real quick you know so i want to try to spend much more time soaking in um all the projects and all the people going on there so that's that's kind of my plan is to spend more time in the exhibitor area and maybe get some little handheld camera interviews of everybody's projects too as well as the live streams i'm going to be doing that too I kind of want to take a survey of what is going on in there because I have not been to any of these particular, you know, this brand of Cocoa Fest. So uh, I'm showing up and I'm going to find out what's there. There you go. There you go. It looks like Paco's out there in the call. So uh, let's try to get him in, David Ladd. David, uh, jo- call me on Skype. What I forgot, I forgot his Skype name. I don't know if he's in Skype as Drencore, if he's in Skype as Paco. I forget his one of his alternate personalities. Um, Drencore it looks like. Yeah, uh, call in and we'll, we'll get you. We'll get you on the call. I'm trying to add him and I can't find him right now. I can't multitask my Skype right now. Add people to this call. Not on call. Not on this call. Okay, now it says he's calling in, but I don't see it. I see it on my phone. I don't see it coming in on my thing. But it says Drencore. How do I do this? Help me out here. Somebody quick. Add people to this call. If I type in Drencore. Here we go. Here's Drencore. I'm going to try to add you, Drencore. Drencore, add to call. Call is in a separate window. Call failed. I don't know what's going on here. Do I have too many people? Do I have too many people on my call? Here we go. He's coming in. We got him. We're back. All right, there we go. Don't mind me while I multitask miserably. <laughs> uh, so, Curtis, are you are you familiar with not with whether or not you're going to be able to make it? As no before, it was kind of like up in the air. Hello, I there. am going to be able to make it. You are going to be it. booking the hotel either later tonight or tomorrow. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So we've got Curtis Boyle confirmed, and you're going to bring at least one guitar. Yep. So we will have a Saturday night jam. Mm-hmm. Which will be good. Are you with us now, David? Hopefully there's more than just the two of us. Yes, I'm here. All right, David Ladd has joined us. Due to no. Okay, so Curtis. Oh, no, that's Hugo. I have Echo now. I already have Echo. David, are you wearing your loopback headphones? Nah, I'm on a Bluetooth headset. I'm kind of not home at the moment. <laughs> okay, yeah, because now I'm hearing Echo now that you joined the call. Uh, uh, let me turn down the volume some more. All right, gotcha. So Hugo said it would be nice to join you in the live chat, but maybe later. Okay, Hugo, where you're with us in spirit. Uh, Nick, yeah. you're not going to be able to make Cocoa Fest this year, are you? Uh, I can confirm that um, I can't make it. 
Okay, okay, okay. Uh, is there anything you are working on that you're able to share with us, or any ideas that you have for future projects? Uh, well, I am working on various ideas. Um, I haven't um, finalized anything yet. Um, been experimenting with different graphics, uh, experimenting with different sound routines, and just basically putting together uh, a few. Uh, oh, we just lost video. No. Um, been experimenting with a few um, routines to try um, create a new game with um, some new features and um, uh, eye candy and all stuff, but nothing nothing actually confirmed as yet. Okay. Nothing announced. Okay. When I've solidified my ideas, I'll probably you know, make an announcement or put up a blog page. Okay. Whatever. Okay. I know there's one feature request for your new game, Nick, that, that Steve would like. He would like it so that it's easy enough that he can get past level two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need the uh <laughs> we we need we need a child option on that thing, so uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm curious to know how many people or how far most people have gotten on the game. I haven't heard too much feedback yet. So um yeah, it'd be good to hear what people think, if it's too hard or too easy. I mean, I, I find it easy, actually, but uh, there's that video I put up that shows uh, a fly-through from uh, Zone 1 up to Zone 4, and I hadn't played the game for about two months. Um, and I, that was my first recording, and I went, I got through straight to Zone 4 um, and just, just fell apart before entering Zone 5, so... For me, it's quite easy, so right. I'd be curious to hear what other people say. Well, I notice you've got the Wyco controller in the background there. I've got one of those, too. Yeah. One of the things yeah. I'm going to buy at the Fest is I'm going to buy Neil Blanchard's uh, Sega gamepad adapter, and yeah. then I'm going to try playing it on a, on a digital stick and you know, a nice 80s controller. Well, if I, if I played on a um, deluxe Tandy joystick or anything other than that Wyco... Yeah, I don't get past level two either. Okay. Well, there I don't you know why it. you guys have such a problem with that. Yeah, well, Curtis, <laughs> on the other hand, he, he plays it. He's a master. Yeah. My my next my next challenge is to play with the old black free floating joystick and see if I can do oh, it. Oh, oh, that's you won't, <laughs> you won't get past level one. Wow. No, I'll try. <laughs> you can play Sea Dragon at speed level seven with that sucker. I think I can probably try. <laughs> When I made Temple of Rum, that was all we had, and we and we liked it. Really, yeah. and we liked it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask you something, Nick, because Curtis and I were having this discussion, and um, so number one, what what roughly, if if you if you feel free to divulge, how many um, physical units do you think you've sold of of um, Popstar Pilot? Um, over sixty. Over sixty, and that, and that's that's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot more than what I expected. I only expected to sell twenty, actually. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, the good thing is, of course, having sold that many, show well, it gives me the um, encouragement to to go ahead and do another one. You know, it's it was very much a, a, a test of the market, I guess. Wow. Okay. And it's good to let other people know that too. So there could be other programmers out there who. You know, who know how to program in machine language or anything, um, but don't because they feel that there's no market or, you know, they're wasting their time. But I can assure them that if they do a good job 
uh, present it well, market it well. Um, there is a market. The cocoa community will support you. Do we know what the sales are like on John Linville's and John Strong's? Because they also published some games last year, too. I'm just kind of curious how they compare. Yeah, we should have asked them when we had them on last time. Uh, I mean, they're, they're doing cartridge games, too, which is a, a whole other level. Right. But. Yeah, I was just, yeah I was Nick, I've, I've been playing your game on and off. I've just been busy trying to work out my little mouse adapter thing I've been tinkering with. All right. <laughs> yeah, how far can you get? Um, I didn't get off of level one, I'll say. <laughs> it, it doesn't help when you have controllers that are on their last legs, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, level one is dead easy. Yeah. Just fly top right, and you don't even have to touch the joystick. Just come <laughs> down every now and then to shoot a fuel depot, because you'll run out of fuel and fall out of the sky, of course. Um, if you just come down, pick up the fuel, and fly back up to the top right, that's it. You can just, you know, you don't you don't get hit. So z zone one is really very much a beginners or for for kids, you know. Zone two, on the other hand, that's um, that's a that's the hardest zone of all four five of them actually. So if you can get through zone two, you should shouldn't be too hard to get through the rest later on. Bill Noble's in the chat. Bill Noble says he still hasn't beaten it yet. Hey, Bill, do you want us to bring you into the Skype call? Let us know. We can we can definitely bring you in, or you can just call one of us and we can add you to the call. Um, so so is like the sixty units. Is that? I mean, to me that seems and it's it's an incredible game, but that just seems like a small number compared to the size of our community. There's you know it's like fourteen hundred people. I, I granted everybody's not a gamer, and those who like games don't are not all going to like them enough to buy them, but but you feel like that's a decent measuring stick for the size of our community? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh really? Okay. So that's I mean, hard, it's hard for me to gauge. There may be more Coco users out there, but uh, active users, though, um, I wouldn't say there's um, much more than 100. You, you look at Facebook or, or the, uh, um, what do you call it, the, the um, news groups channel, and how many pe you count up how many people are actually active there, and um, yeah, you'd be flat strapped trying to find a hundred. Okay. Okay. I, I think you'd find a hundred more than a hundred, but we've got that divided community. We've got the RS DOS game playing side, and then we've got the hardcore OS nine side that don't touch games. And I think you know the markets are almost yeah, exclusive. You do, you do have that. Having said that, I've, I have sold quite a few people who are OS niners uh, who probably never play games. Um, but they just support the um, the efforts of another Coco user, so that that's good as well. You know, I'm surprised. I look at some of the sales I made. I said, "What? Well, why is he buying it?" Um, <laughs> but you know, um, that, and that's good. That's a healthy um, healthy community, and it helps that I kept the game fairly low cost, of course, as well. I didn't mm -hmm. want to charge any you know, more than twenty five dollars US. I thought that's a cut off. Um, so it was it was good there, but yeah, a lot a lot of the users do support um, a person who does put the effort in, which is good. We'll return after these announcements. 
people have big plans after school. You know what Elliot's going to do? Jeff, too. Elliot's at work on a book report using Scripsit on Radio Shack's Color Computer 3. It hooks up to his TV. And Jeff's at his Radio Shack Color Computer 3 playing the newest football game. But wait, what's Elliot doing playing new Super Pitfall? And Jeff's having a blast with a new math tutor. You never know what you might try with more than 100 programs for fun and learning. Radio Shack's Color Computer 3 comes with everything you see here. Other items each sold separately, only at Radio Shack. Hello, my name is Grant Liddy, and I watch the original gamer Stevie Stroh. Hey guys, original gamer Stevie Stroh here, and if you're listening to Coco Talk, chances are you're interested in the Color Computer. If you'd like to find out more about the Color Computer, then visit my Coco Links page at imacoconut.com. There you will find communities, podcasts, YouTube channels, project sites, blog sites, hardware, software, buy, sell, trade, you name it. So for all things Color Computer, visit imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A, coconut. Dot com and tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Well, that leads me to my next thought. Um, what, what do you ever think about porting that game to to a broader audience, like where it can run on a Windows platform or a mobile platform or web-based platform where more people could enjoy it? Does that interest oh, you I, at all? Uh, no, I, I steer away from the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not knowledgeable enough about PC architecture and mobile phone architecture. I don't know how to program in C for starters. I'm, I, everyone says I'm a great programmer, but I really don't know a lot. <laughs> Modesty. All I know is Coco. <laughs> okay. What, anybody else have any thoughts on that about taking like a Coco game and making it more broad appeal to where you know people can play it on a modern computer? It has well, been done before. Dale Lear did his double back port, uh, and he it still told us he barely sold any. Mind you, that's an iOS, and it's such a crowded market; it's hard for it to stick out against all the other games out there. But yeah, well, that's another point as well. I mean, Popstar Pilot might be a great game on the color computer. Oh, guys. Hey, Bill's here. Hey, Bill. Hey, hey Bill. Hello. The party gets bigger. <laughs> Be interesting to see how many videos you can have online before everything starts <laughs> to slow down. <laughs> yeah, today's, today's challenge is to break the internet. Try to do video now. Okay, so somebody in the chat right now says, Tandy, the main problem is that while there are a lot of people with fond memories of the old systems, there are far fewer whose interest extends to buying a product or getting involved in a project. Oh, wow, Drencor is live on the on the camera even. <laughs> What's going on, David Ladd? <laughs> Well, it's because, like I said, I'm not home, so therefore I don't have to worry about what's behind me. <laughs> wow, this is great. The, the party gets bigger. <laughs> but as far as the, uh, the to other platforms, one of the things that I've seen some of the, uh, like for Steam, some of the old games and some of the cross-platform games that they've been doing, they've been, um, like the old Sega games, they've been using uh, an emulator that they just bundle the game right into, or um, DOSBox for the really old games. So there's always those options, too. Yeah, I think Steve and I discussed that before, you know, bundling it with VCC if you got permission, or MAME, or something like that. But that adds a level of complexity that some people, you know, MAME, MAME in particular can be a little bit of a bugger to set up properly. Right, right. 
And the ROM distribution is the biggest problem. How do you legally distribute Microsoft copyrighted ROMs? Which you'd need to boot it up. Hmm. I guess it depends on how many people would be prepared to buy a game that looks very 8-bit on a PC or what on, on an uh, iPhone or whatever. Right. Uh, they may say it's a great game on a color computer, but um, I'm not going to pay money for it. When I can, for five dollars, I can buy something, uh, download something for my iPhone that's got fantastic graphics. They may not view a product like like uh, Popstar Pilot as something they would be prepared to to buy. You know, it's you know, you know I I don't think it's probably worth uh, the effort to to. One learn how to program an iPhone or or a PC uh, just to create that same game. The, the the time and required to learn it, the rewards at the end are really pretty pretty minimal. Okay. okay. Whereas on the color computer, you know, you can become a millionaire. And <laughs> tens of twenties of dollars. Mm. Tens of tens of twenties of cents, huh? Bill, how are you, sir? Pretty good. Oh, we're getting a fax there, Curtis. I don't know yet. Nineteen <laughs> eighties <1980s> calling. <laughs> it's Rachel from Cardholder Services. Yeah, right. Oh, pretty good. I don't think I've seen you on camera before, Bill. I know we've spoken on on Skype a few times. No, I I have avoided camera. <laughs> I've avoided camera before. I should probably do the same, but I I, 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 I dive in anyways. <laughs> oh man, so it's good. So so I have one quick uh, thing to share with everybody. I'm gonna go ahead and play this clip clip here. Those of you on Skype won't be able to hear it, but I'm gonna go ahead and play it, and then I'll tell you what he said in just two seconds here. So bear with me one second. Hello. Hello, this is Chris Latham. I'm the author of Donkey King, which was later renamed to The King, and Sailor Man. Uh, next week, next Saturday, April 1st, we're going to be doing a live interview where you can ask me some questions about the development and uh, playability, whatever you can think of to ask. And given that it's April 1st, I might give you some straight answers. All right, so that was Chris Latham, the author of Donkey King, later named The King and Sailor Man. So we are going to do a live interview with Chris next week, which is April 1st at the same time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. So he said that given that it is April 1st, I might even give you an honest answer. So that was how we ended <laughs> that. So, um, so that's another thing. So, you know, one of the things I've mentioned this a million times, I'm going to sound like a babbling, uh, you know, babbling baby. But um, when I started doing my color computer videos, I never imagined I would meet people. I never when my first video was actually explained what a color computer was because I didn't think anybody in the world would even know what this was so I created like a little 25 minute history of the color computer like PowerPoint presentation saying by the way there was this computer and I had it when I was a kid and here's some pictures I found on the internet what it used to look like you know and so I did that and I started playing these games and then I start meeting people and then you know I think the first people I did an informal interview with was actually Nick and John Strong when we were doing like a live gaming marathon they came in and they just started talking to us and they were 
So that was kind of like an unplanned, unscheduled interview. And then, of course, Rick Adams, who's with us now, was our first, he's my first big celebrity I ever got to interview that I actually did on purpose. <laughs> so, my hero. <laughs> so Rick was my first scheduled interview, um, planned interview, and, and we've gotten like 13 interviews already. So I never would have imagined this would have happened. But again, out of the woodworks, Chris Latham commented in one of my videos and of course right away i hit him up i go hey would you be interested in doing an interview and so we've just kind of been playing um email tag and stuff and i got that nailed down we did a skype test today so next weekend we're going to talk about donkey king and sailor man two two of the arguably two of the best color computer one and two games ever made next to temple of rom of course and double back so uh <laughs> and shanghai but that's color computer three so um so that's kind of cool i'm looking forward to that as well so if any of you are available to if you want to co-host and ask questions as well i'd love to have you along for the ride i shall be joining you on that one <laughs> except curtis of course so um <laughs> <laughs> We're going to build a wall around Canada. Okay, I'll take my pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bill, you going to make it to Cocoa Fest? Unfortunately not. Okay. You'll be, we'll, we'll bring you along in spirit. Yeah. I, I wish I would be able No, I wish I would be able to go there because I just got too much to go on right now with work. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to make it this year. I didn't think I'd make it this year. I'm glad I'm I'm definitely able to make it this year. Yeah, it was touch and go for me for a while too here, but we actually the same thing with as Bill. Whether there was too much work going on, but it's actually a whole bunch of stuff got completed as of uh, yesterday and this morning. So I'm caught up enough. I think I have the free time to do it. So excellent. So, Nick, when you made Popstar Pilot, I know you weren't working on it nonstop, but that was a period of a couple of years before you, you finished, right? Uh, it, all up, it took about three years. But in that time, I, um, I did do a few other projects as well, which sidetracked mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. did the high-res space with John uh, Kowalski. Uh, the um, one, one other project as well, I've forgotten now. But, yeah, two other projects got, got put in there. There was a period where I questioned whether spending so much time on Popstar Pilot was going to be worth it anyway. You know, like I said before, I only expected to sell 20 copies because I didn't think there was enough people out there who would actually pay money for a game on the Coco. But, you know, I just um, kept on going. The thing that motivated me with, with programming, well, any game, is the challenge of trying to do something new. So with Popstar Pilot, the challenge was to make this horizontal uh, one-byte split-screen scrolling and a few other things there. And once I did that, the challenge was gone. And then I thought, well, you know, uh, is, is this worth it go, to go on? I sort of, a, I, lost, I lost my mojo on to, to keep going. But I gathered it all together. I said, no, I'm going to finish this. This is going to be... Um, my uh, last game, I thought. But <laughs> as as we saw on uh, with the sales, I um, don't think it will be your last one, Nick. No, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> That's right. So there will be another one. Okay. Um, 
and I'm still trying to come up with ideas. I've got a lot of ideas, but I'm also, like I said before, it's always the challenge of of the project. You know, what's the challenge to do this game, for example? It wouldn't excite me to do a playing game, like a Space Invaders. What am I going to do with... Well, I've already done a Space Invaders, but um, unless there was something particularly challenging about that Space Invaders game that I wanted to achieve... Um, I it, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't motivate me to keep to, to, to go ahead and do it. Uh, I think I have found something that will um, challenge me on the next project. So I'm still doing various tests and evaluations to see if I can pull it off. So hopefully, watch this space. Um, I'll be able to announce something. Hopefully, I'll be able to announce something before the Coco Fest. Anyway. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, what do you think? So, it's, I know it's hard to say exactly, but if you, what do you think your development timeline would be on that? Do you think it would be like if you started and you had a schedule, you'd crank it out in roughly a year's time, or? Um, well, it's possible to do it in a year. It also depends on life events, I, I suppose, and and me just focusing on that one project rather than letting myself um, get diverted to something else halfway through. Um, so uh, as far as I know, I don't have anything else planned. So I'll I'll just concentrate on the next project and hopefully look at getting it out by Christmas. Christmas is a good time to release Popstar Pilot. I found. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I guess a lot of people thought that let's buy a cocoa product for themselves for Christmas. I mean, when was the last time people were able to do that? So. It's sort of, from a marketing point of view, it was probably pretty good. So can Steve and I grovel at your feet and ask to be beta testers on the new one, too? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will have a, a blog anyway uh, to let people know what the progress is and all that. And they're, they're welcome to feedback on it. I, I generally try not to give out copies of my game during the development cycle um, I mean some people throw out version 1, 2, 3 or point one, point two, point three, and before you know it you've got a hundred copies sitting out there mm. uh, for starters for a lot of people who are not gamers they're going to say well I don't think I'll buy it because I've already essentially got the game um, so in, in a way you've got to sort of hold it back and, and release mm -hmm. a yeah. finished product that's exactly but, it, Nick. Yeah, I do like to have a few game testers, though, like I had with Steve and Curtis, while I'm developing. So it's good to, you know, I might think it's it's going good, but what does someone else think? I do need a third-party opinion sometimes. And um, uh, Steve, being an expert in games, I guess, <laughs> having a <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, an expert. Uh, Steve and Curtis are the best persons to actually do that. So, <laughs> yes, well, I, I think so. I am That's very just good we have at sarcastic wit. Yeah, I am very good at <laughs> testing collision detection. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, and check that your your low score display is working properly. And uh, <laughs> Come on, Steve, I'll test you the need high to work score. On your part. Pegasus score. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we got yeah, that's, that's great. Just, well, we were helping you test because we did find a few bugs on the earlier part there, and and in, yeah. in my case, because I I have done some assembly language programming myself. I mean, I could kind of guess what type of things to look for. So hopefully, I help you narrow down where to look for a bug. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Um, there is still a bug in there. Um, yeah, and, in- and and I think I finally found out um, why or how it does it, but it's too late now it's been released <laughs> isn't that technically known as an undocumented feature <laughs> well yeah yeah, yeah. Actually, there's <laughs> an easter egg or something um, there is another um well bug you could say which i do call an un- undocumented feature because it's a fun one to do if you can find it okay <laughs> so that's part of the fun finding the bugs yeah <laughs> luckily none of the bugs actually stop the game i mean you can still play the game fine it's just a few odd odd things which you know it's fun to see anyway so leave it in yeah there's a graphical glitch um where you can yeah. apart terrain and still keep going and that kind of thing but well actually i'll explain this because anyone else who's watching can also try it on their copies um when you your plane cannot fly through an explosion you know that's part of the collision detection and it makes sense you know um Obviously, if you crash into the ground, you'll explode. Um, if you shoot something pretty well point-blank right up against your propeller, uh, you, you flying through the explosion will die as well because you're, you're, you're hit by the debris. That made sense. But what I had to do was I didn't like that. I thought it was making it a bit too, too fiddly. So I decided I wanted to make it so you could fly through the debris. Um, I thought it just looked good. Um, so the way to do that was, I found, was when I hit an object, I turn off the collision detection for that split second. So for that split second, your plane is invulnerable uh, and you can fly straight to an explosion and that worked well. But if you run into the ground, um, uh, i trying to think how it was done exactly, but if you run into the ground, you do have a degree where you are um, invulnerable as well. And you can actually dig into the ground a bit before you blow up. You mm. will blow up eventually because the ground keeps going. So when the collision detection is turned back on, you, you die then. But that, it's a good little effect. You just drive into the ground and, 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 and um, drill into the ground. You lose a ship, though. <laughs> Actually, you don't always. I have no, I have dug a little bit out of the ground and actually yeah, can come back up. It so depends on how thick that part of the ground is that you hit. Yeah. But yeah. Oh wow! So you can, almost like you I can like dig a tunnel as you're going yeah. down and coming back up well, again, huh? Not quite a tunnel, but you can take a chip out of the ground. And sometimes I play it and 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 try to do just that. <laughs> so I'll have to try that so now. We'll return after these messages. Something new is coming. Tandy Assembly. Tandy Assembly is about Radio Shack and Tandy Computers. Tandy Assembly is about interacting. Tandy Assembly is about people. Tandy Assembly is about fun. The first gathering of its kind. Computers of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. All Radio Shack and Tandy makes and models. Join Join us. us. Don't miss Tandy Assembly. In Chillicothe, Ohio. October 7th and 8th. 
Whether you're near or far, Tandy Assembly is for everyone. Visit our webpage at www.tandyassembly.com. Tandy Assembly. Hi, this is Ryan Klein. I'm at the 2016 Cocoa Fest, and you're watching the original Gamer Stevie Show. Hey guys, Stevie Stroh here. And if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com, featuring hand-drawn custom designs and pixel art by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. We've got the brand new official Cocoa Talk t-shirt, I'm a Coconut t-shirt, and all kinds of other cool video game and arcade-related artwork. Check out 8bit256.com for all your retro swag needs today. One of the things I thought was pretty cool when we talked to John Strong and Alan Huffman recently is looking at um, John Strong's development tools. He's got Windows-based tools that he uses to create a lot of his sprites. Um, and so I think his development cycle is probably a little bit shorter, at least on creating the imagery. And I think you did something similar, though. Did you mention before when we talked to you a while ago you were using your Amiga to do some of the artwork that yeah. you piped over to the uh, Coco? I've um, I've always used an Amiga for creating the graphics. Even back in the 80s, I had an Amiga 1000, I think it was, and I used it to in a program called Brilliance. Um, and I used that as my, well, for all graphics, sprites and everything. And and if I just move to the side, one way or other, that's my Amiga on the side, right next to the Coco. So my two favorite computers are next to each other. And that's great. Um, and um, I developed the graphics on that. Um, John Strong, obviously, he's <laughs> he's a lot more sophisticated than me. I'm a bit I'm a bit of an antique, um, and I use the old tools. He's got something that's a bit more advanced, and it probably could put together. Um, the graphics and stuff a lot quicker. Certainly, I think you can test the animation uh, of a sprite as well, uh, whereas uh, I can't. Um, I just have to visualize what it looks like, code it in. If it looks bad, just go back and draw it again. Yeah. Yeah. But you're also trying to do that on purpose. You're trying to create... You're, you're, you've basically made yourself develop the retro game, the retro way, like the way it had to be done back right, in the eighties, for yeah. the most part, right? Or you could say you just can't teach an old dog new tricks, I suppose. Next, are old school. <laughs> yeah, old school. That's right. Well, I figure that's that's part of the fun, really, using a retro computer in a retro way. Uh -oh, um, I, I, I've got nothing yet. Nothing against people using modern tools and all that. Uh -huh. It's just that uh -huh. um, I, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> what were you holding up there, Rick? <laughs> oh, it's just a Raspberry Pi. I'm just being silly. <laughs> yeah, Rick. Rick. <laughs> Rick's doing a lot of displays in the Raspberry Pi. I see your stuff on Facebook where you your St. Patrick's Day display you had in your Windows, and you you've always got something going on there. It just looks pretty cool. Now, last week when oh. we did this call, I mentioned that we we were working on this, but we we're waiting for it to be done, and that is also now done as well. But um, Rick's son Joel drew the color computer cartoon guy from the basic manual, um, and we now also have that available as a um, 
as an image that can go on a t-shirt or a coffee mug. And I plan on having some of those at Cocoa Fest. Matter of fact, I'm going to try to find a, a different company that makes mugs that will do an image on both sides. Because we have the one thing that Joel drew, which is the Cocoa 3. And I'm thinking if I can find a company that can do two-sided mugs, we'll have Coco 3 on one side and we'll have the Coco cartoon on the other. And that'll be a truly <laughs> exclusive mug that I'll only get like 10 or so made for just the fest if anybody wants to buy them there. Um, but that is a beautiful piece of artwork that Joel did as well. Very talented son of yours there, Rick. Alexa, how many days until April 22nd? About a month, exactly. Yeah, about a month. Twenty-eight days. I was I was wondering. I'm like, who the hell is Alexa? But okay, Alexa is your uh, Amazon thing, right? <laughs> yep. Oh man. What else do you guys want to talk about? Coco related. This is Coco Chat. What other Coco things we want to talk about? Um, one thing actually, I probably should put it on the Facebook, um, going back to trying to decide what my, my next game would be, um, is what sort of game do people want to see? I mean, I know what I want to see, but uh, when I program something, I, I don't just do it for what I want to see. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it has to be something that's marketable. So right. really, uh, I have to know, I guess, what other people want to see. So... Um, I should put a message out on Facebook asking for a poll of what, what type of game they would prefer to, to like to play. I mean, I, I personally like, you know, shooting games, something you can just turn your brain off and just shoot anything that moves. That's my old... Uh, um, but some people might prefer chess. I don't know. I tell you what, and I, w I wish he was on the call. I like the thing that Hugo's doing that looks like a um, platformer. Yeah, actually, I was just going to mention that, too. Yeah, yeah, I like He's that. He's done really well-done graphics on, on the background of that. And this is his first assembly language. Yeah, it does. Looks it does. Good so far. I'm also supposed to be... Um, oh, my God, I just remembered. I got, I got to get together with Paul Thayer too. So not only will we, will we be talking to Chris Latham, but possibly Paul Thayer as well. Um, I got to reach out to him. And Paul's working on, on a new project now that's like a lumberjack man chopping down a tree. Um, I spoke to him briefly and I believe that Simon Jonason is working with him on that. And I think Simon yep. may or may not have helped out Hugo as well in some optimizations. He's and helping with this. Yeah, so uh, I might be I might be doing a non-live pre-recorded interview with Paul and Simon in the near future as well to talk about some of those projects. So that's going to be there's this is the exciting thing is that there's never a shortage of projects. It seems like hardware and software projects that continue to happen. Uh, it makes me feel insignificant next to the powers of the force. <laughs> Steve, do you know if, if Lee Patterson well, and Simon are still working on Bouncy Ball 2? You know, when I talked to Simon the other day, he says he hadn't spoken to Lee in a while about that. And when you when you look at Lee on Facebook, it looks like he's hiking just about every day somewhere. So I don't know if, <laughs> Lee, if Lee's been on a sabbatical, but I think uh, Simon was going to reach out to him and find out. Um, so I don't know the answer to that question. And well, I don't give you something here uh 
Roger Taylor's actually got a good thing going now because his uh, cocoa and a chip is actually moving to SDHC, which will be compatible with the SDC. Oh, the Cocoa SDC card? You'll be able to use the same... It's going to use the same scheme, apparently. Okay. Well, well that would be good, because, I mean, the, the the fragmentation we're getting with all these different Cocoa on a Chip-style projects has, has been getting to be a bit of a problem, plus, you know, there's how many people developing different sound cards and everything else. So it'd be nice to get something where you can have something that universally works, and if that works with the Cocoa SDC and on Rogers, that's that's a good plus. Oh, yeah. Or Rogers... Chip right now is actually doing pretty good. Like I've got it running for probably three weeks now, and no problems. No, no incompatibilities or anything. Not that I found so far. I've seen you doing a lot of OS nine stuff on there. I've been, I know, I don't watch it every day, but I do check on the Coco and a Chip group, and I see you got that a lot of OS true, nine. Steve. Yeah, yeah. That is true, Steve. Very cool. Oh, uh, Curtis, are, you, uh, are we allowed to talk about your OS9 project? No, because I'm just going to start getting back into it tomorrow after a three-month sabbatical thanks to work, and I don't even remember where the heck I left off, so <laughs> I, I won't make any uh, announcements about that until I get it back into the flow of things and see how far I can get by the fest. Because that's something we be good to see, uh, some, some OS9 games. Yeah. Uh, David, are you confirmed for Cocoa Fest? Yes. Yes, um, I'm still planning on driving out. So okay, so David will be there. Very good. And would we know if Alan's going to make it yet or not? Is he still uh, working on that? That Alan I have Huffman? no idea. Okay. I, I did see on the Facebook group oh. that Alan DeCock might be making it out. So that'll be two of the original Nitrous Nine team out. Me and him, if he does make it. Okay. Okay. There you go. It's Mad Zach the Flaming Potato. Okay. Hello, Mad Zach. Mad Zach has just joined the live chat. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great to see some somewhat familiar faces and new faces. Um, there were a lot of faces there last year. I don't remember the turnout. I think there was around 80 people at Cocoa Fest last year. Uh, almost one for every copy of Popstar Pilot in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, there's new software projects. There's new hardware projects. Um, yeah, Nick needs to sell more. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you what, uh, Gary. Um, Gary and Ed's um, latest project announcement does interest me a lot. The um, Gimme Chip replacement. Yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that, that is really interesting. Yeah, I mean it's interesting both because that's the one chip we can't replace because it was made exclusively for Tandy, and once they're gone, they're gone, right? This will actually allow you to replace it, but then it also allows you to expand on it, add some of these extra things we've been asking for, like real 256 color mode and MMU up to 2 meg or higher, and you know all kinds of things can be added on the extra task registers that Alan DeCock was mentioning, where you can actually have up to 16 instantly switchable MMU block tasks that you could do for you know multi-threaded games or for Nitrous 9 or whatever else. So that, that looks really interesting. Hi, Clockwork. Sorry, I cut off, cut off there. A higher clock rate. Yeah, that too. Because, I mean, the gimme is the one limiting factor for overclocking. And now, these messages. 
Where can you turn to find the latest news and information about the Tandy Color Computer? Only one place, the Coco Crew Podcast. Join Neil Blanchard and John Linville each month as they scan the internet and social media for the latest stories about the Tandy Color Computer, Compatibles, and other 6809-based computers. It's the Coco Crew Podcast. Visit www.cococrew.org and begin listening today. Hi, this is Rick Adams, and I'm the author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai, and you are watching Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me. It's Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. You know, gameplay goodness. To get your very own Gameplay Goodness DVDs featuring color computer games played by the original gamer Stevie Stroh, visit 8bit256.com and grab yourself a Coco Gaming DVD today. That's 8bit256.com for all of your Gameplay Goodness needs. Yeah, yeah. So somebody who's watching the live chat says, what is Coco Fest? Well, yeah, unfortunately, not everybody's going to know that. I will. Um, okay, what happened here? Who's trying to join? I think okay, Rick that, fell out. Rick fell off. Okay, we're can, Rick's welcome to call back. Um, if he, okay, what happened to my, to my Skype call here? Okay, I am, I'm losing out. Okay, is, is Rick still here? Okay, so he's yeah, in chat right now saying hello. So I'm guessing that he dropped off and is trying to get back in. Okay, here he goes. He's back in. All right. So whoever just asked and said, "What is Coco Fest?" I will switch over to the Glenside website here for just a second. So yeah, so Coco Fest is a festival that is once a year. It is uh, it is known as the last Chicago Coco Fest, and this is the 26th anniversary of that, meaning it's been going on for 26 years. And every year they think it might be the last, but this is the 26th anniversary of the last Chicago Coco Fest, and. How can you describe it? It's kind of like a Comic-Con for people who love the Tandy Color Computer. It's like a cross, other than there's probably not pe too many people in cosplay. Although, I did hear that Boise Pete, <laughs> I did hear that Boise Pete might dress up as the Coco Cat this year. So, they talked about that on the <laughs> podcast. <so. laughs> um, but it is, it is a weekend festival for people who love this retro computer. And there's events that go on all day. There's exhibitors, there's vendors. So, like, these are the events that are going on so far. Uh, for example, the show's going to open at 9. Rick Adams, who's on the call, is going to be our keynote speaker at 10 a.m. Rick Adams, who developed uh, Temple of Wrong in Shanghai, as well as many other contributions to Color Computer. Uh, John Linville is going to talk about a sound chip that he's working on at 10.45. At 11.30, we have Evan Wright's going to talk about authoring tools to get uh, adventure games sent over to the Color Computer. We will have lunch. We will have uh, John Strong's going to talk about development tools. Uh, then we're going to have, uh, what is his name here? Kirkwood Wrightveld is going to talk about his website, Vintages the New World in the TR Sadie Color Computer. Um, Boise Pete at 2.30 is going to give a talk about mining the rainbow. And the way John explained this last week is I guess it's kind of a computer learning project where software is going to analyze the metadata from all of the online rainbow magazines and give us statistics. Um, but that's, so that should be kind of interesting. The big question uh, on that one, though, is is he going to be wearing the Coco Cat suit during that that's, that's That's, we'll have to wait and see, right? And then an awards, a formal awards ceremony. 
The auction is great. So the auction is great on many levels, right? So if you want to find the deal of a century, if you want to find, uh, you know, like a penny stock version of eBay and you want a deal, it's great for that. It's great for the entertainment value of watching everybody kind of, um, you know, fight and, and haggle over the stuff and the bidding wars that happen. That's fun. We're going to have an on-site dinner Saturday. We're going to have a trivia contest. Alan Huffman, if, uh, hoping, hoping that he can attend, will be doing a presentation on optimizing basic. We're going to have a chit-chat and hangout time as well as a musical jam. So there will be a quiet room to sit and talk and there will be possibly some musical stuff going on. And that's Saturday. Sunday we're going to have the opening. Uh, both days we'll start off with the American National Anthem and the Canadian National Anthem on Sunday. And then we're going to have um, John Strong. Uh, John Strong will be showing off his uh, uh, some of his hardware projects. Uh, then we'll have uh, Brett Gordon's going to talk about Fusix, which is a Unix-based operating system on the Coco. Uh, we will have Brendan Donahue talking about his Coco VGA project. Uh, we will have uh, at noon is lunch. Glenside's going to have a meeting, another auction on Sunday, and then things will wrap up on Sunday. So that's kind of what's going on at Cocoa Fest, and this happens once a year. And so we're just kind of talking about all things color computer related as we work our way up to that. Um, cool stuff. What else? Are we, what else we want to talk about, guys? You're right. You're right. Okay. So do whatever you want. That'd be fun. Okay. All right. I'm back. You're back. All right. <laughs> I just gave somebody the quick answer on what is Coco Fest. <laughs> the, the, there is no quick okay, answer. Good. <laughs> good. The sequel to Rainbow Fest. That's all I would have said. Yeah. <laughs> the spiritual to the spiritual successor to Rainbow Fest. I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky. Did you ah. make it to any more than just the one you were the keynote speaker, or is that the only Rainbow Fest I you made went to? It to um, I made it to, to two. At least two Rainbow Fests, maybe three, no more than that. Okay. Uh, I don't remember exactly. I probably was a speaker every time I went. So um, so I suppose you could look at the Rainbow Fest uh, uh, programs and kind of count that out. But I'm saying two to three. And I'm not hearing any audio anymore. We're here. Can you hear us? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. now I can. All right, we're Tom, just in awe of you talking, so we're we quiet. Tom from my oh. class is here. Yeah. Uh, hey, Tom, how are you? Tar589 is here. Uh, so let me ask you, Rick, when you spoke at the Rainbow Fest back in the day, what were, what were the attendances like? How many people came to the original Rainbow Fest? Well, I don't know about the original Rainbow Fest, but the one that I spoke at, I would say there was... What do you think? 300, 400 people in the room? Yeah, the the, the, the actual breakfast that you actually spoke at was probably three to 500, somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah. And how many people used to come to Rainbow Fest? Like, what were some of those numbers estimated? According oh, yeah. to Rainbow that itself, they, they got up to 14,000 at some of the shows. Wow. Now, I don't know oh if, uh, if that includes counting the same people twice for the Saturday and the Sunday, or if that was unique visitors. But it was, I mean, I remember going to the Hyatt Regency, the main exhibit hall, which is much larger than we've had at Cocoa Fest, and being packed to the point you could barely walk. Wow. wow. And then there's so, you know, seminars too. going on in other rooms that also had, you know, 100, 200 people sitting in them, multiple ones at the same time, too. So, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, all right. 
So I have some news if you want to hear it. Yes, please. Um, so I just, uh, a couple of days ago, I made another attempt at going into the, the Precambrian layer of my basement uh, excavation <laughs> okay. and trying to find my lost game. And I cannot find it. So there, I'm running out of places to look, unfortunately. But I did find some things. Here is. Okay, so here is uh, the entry from my calendar when Mark Siegel called me up and said, hey, we would like to buy Temple of Ram for you. Let's see how. Oh, cool. See if okay. I can make it. It's the 23rd. June 23rd, looks like. Radio Shack wants yep. my... Radio Shack wants my game! <laughs> Exclamation point! <laughs> yes, I was very excited. And you can see, if I can get it to the, just to the... It's lagging, so it's really hard to... You can see day 24 equals 45%. So I was counting the days. You have to do the math on that. So it was like 20, oh no, 27 it says. The day 27 equals 45%. So that was uh, 27 days after I sent it in that they called me. And Dale had told me to expect it's going to, you're probably going to hear back from them in N days. So it was 45% of the time that Dale told me to expect. So you can do the math on that and figure out how many days he told me to okay. expect that to sure. wait right here. So, so who knows? So that's you know that's kind of fun. And then I have uh, okay. Here is a box of discs. Whole bunch of discs. Let's see. So let's read off the labels. Uh, compressed title page. Shanghai backup. Nice. Shanghai security backup. Shanghai source code IBM format Amiga. Shanghai you don't happen to have your original full-size dragon on those discs, do you? Uh, I probably do. Because I would love to see and that, because that was your original vision for that when you won the game and you had to fit it on the cartridge and had to crunch it down, right? Right. And actually, on the Shanghai packaging, you can see I'll the full-size dragon. I'll grab it. I don't know. I have yeah. it. Somewhere on there is the, full, is the full dragon, you know, screeching out of the sky with its talons outstretched. Okay, we have Shanghai, Shanghai compressed data, Shanghai screen dumps, Shanghai source emergency. <coughs> source emergency means... I must have had a disc go out and I had to back get like restore from a backup or something. Title screen. Shanghai as the five sixteen. And built by term four point And then one that says voice synthesizer driver for OS nine. So there is a very small chance. But you say a very small chance in a good way or in a bad way? 
Rick, you I think we're losing him again. You still there, Rick? I think we lost Rick. Yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. Oh, I remember that Christmas. Dad gave me my first shortwave radio from Radio Shack. What memories. This Christmas, we got our son's color computer three from Radio Shack. It hooks right up to our TV and was on sale for less than $130. The color computer three makes learning fun. Jimmy even lets me use it for word processing when he isn't playing computer games. Lucky I still got my shortwave. Save $70 on the sale-priced color computer three only at Radio Shack. Hi, I'm Alan Huffman of Subbeat the Software. I won an award and I have a cool shirt. And you're watching the original gamer do old stuff. So, so Curtis, so, Curtis, here's the here's the full size dragon. Can you see it? Actually, if you open that up, or do you have an open copy with the manual, or do you have the manual copy I gave you, the Coco manual? Oh, I'll have to find the manual then. Okay, I'll switch yeah, back. Yeah, because the, the picture again. he's talking about is on the Coco with the white, you know, fold out cheaty thing. Because the original, when you win the game, it has a little dragon head that breathes fire. Uh, when you played on the Coco, but he originally had it as a full screen dragon that did this but unfortunately he couldn't fit that on the cartridge at the time so we had to compress the picture into a little rectangle okay i will look for it i will look for it. so you guys need to talk for a minute while i'm stepping away or, or there'll be dead air I might be finding it now too i don't know i might have it nick to go for you <laughs> i i do have it but i think it's about three floors or four floors away okay. i have shanghai and i have it it's opened so okay the white manual in there yep right so you want the cover yeah that's what the full dragon when you win i think is supposed to look like but i missed all that that's right so that's what the original graphic on the game itself would have looked like when it breathes fire when you win but he had to compress it to just show basically the head because he didn't have room in the cartridge okay good he beat me to yeah, it. that one i would i would have kept i would have <laughs> had to keep looking i tried everything nice on that it's on the back as well. It's too bad they didn't let you use one of those 32K ROMs, eh? Yep. That would have been nice. So uh, so I know that you were probably put on the spot from this, but I, I would imagine you're okay with like signing copies of Temple of ROM and um, Shanghai and stuff if people bring them to the fest, Rick? Right. Because I've well, got... Yeah. I am amazed that anybody would want such a thing, but certainly <laughs> I will, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think happy. I... I will certainly yeah. want. I don't think I have a Temple of Rum cartridge, but I'm hoping to find one. Maybe Mark Marlette from Cloud9 will have one because he had a ton of cartridges last year. Um, I have, so I, I was able, after I interviewed you, I, was, I ended up finding Shanghai sealed, uh, still shrunk wrap. Um, so I bought a copy on eBay of Shanghai still shrink wrapped. So I will bring that to get your John Hancock on that. And if I can find a Temple of Rum, I will grab one of those as well for the John Hancock. And thanks yep. for reminding me, Steve, because actually I, I will bring my box to get signed too. <laughs> I'll, uh, I will enjoy playing. I, I'm hoping to enjoy playing Temple of Rum again. Good, good. I'll, even, uh, I'll even play against people. <laughs> That's unfair. That's like playing against uh, Nick on Popstar. <laughs> oh, there, Nick There's has the Rick of... Adams back in the day. Oh wow, look at that beard, huh? Nice, nice and full. Yeah, it's so. Oh yeah, that looks That's more it. like you were at Rainbow Fest when I remember. <laughs> yeah, that that would be what I would look like. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bill, was, you were uh, at the same table as us at that particular one, weren't you? Yes, there was. I was the what? I remember yeah, that Bill was exactly. I was what? Bill was at the same Rainbow Fest at the same table as me when we saw your speech. Oh, okay. And I think that's the first year we met Steve Bjork, too, if I remember. Yeah, and actually, uh, that yeah. was uh, actually the same year that I think I asked Rick about using Shanghai for OS9. Ah. Uh, yeah, actually, that's right. You oh, ported you, the original. Right. Now, was that a Tandy sanction? Is that a Tandy sanction what did port? I say? Did I say I don't care? No, 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 no. That was not Tandy sanctions whatsoever. <laughs> that was something totally outside of Tandy. Okay. I I saw Rick's source code that I disassembled, and I thought, oh, this thing could be ported to anything. And I ported it to OS9. And then Alan did a little bit of uh, mods to allow alternate tile sets and stuff, but the main port was done by Bill. Excellent. Uh-oh, we might have lost Rick again. It sounds like, it sounds like Nick's back there digging. Yeah, I'm going to need to wrap this up pretty soon because I think I've got a house full of hungry people that are waiting on me to stop talking about old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I gotta go pick up the wife, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, excellent, though. But yeah, this was a fun little cocoa talk, and we should probably do this again. This this is almost becoming like a regular thing now. <laughs> I'd like it to be actually. I mean, not everybody can make it every time, but it'd be nice because we were planning on doing that with the cocoa. I can't remember what it was called again. Somebody told me last time the one Steve Bjork was going to host. Right. And it was really nice having that regular thing. You get different people and you get different guests each week. And um, they just kind of fell to the wayside. So I, I would like to see those happening again, just to keep people up in projects or just general discussion, sure. reminiscing about some old game or maybe game tricks or programming tricks or whatever oh, else. Exactly, Curtis. Yeah. Okay, here comes Rick again. Here comes Rick. So we'll, we'll let we'll let Rick be part of the signing off here. As he, uh, you, you know, not to cut in, but uh, one of the things that um, would be interesting. For some of the future games, especially the ones that are under OS 9, would be maybe taking advantage of DriveWire to support multiplayer functions. Very, very good idea. Yes. You know what? That's that's like a whole other level of... That's the biggest challenge we have right now, is that um, all of the modern games that support multiplayer, you're multiplaying against opponents over the internet. So if yep. there's a way to make a Coco game support... There's one right now. Uh, global Thermal Nuclear War? Yep. Yeah. Right, right, yep. right, right, right. Uh, it, that's a it, basic one, yeah. Yeah, but it, well, it fakes it because it does it through IRC chat or something. It doesn't send messages across to do the actual shots and stuff. It just uses its own... From yeah, it, yeah. It, it was a messaging system, yes. Yeah. But it does work. It had... It does work. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Right. Great. Right. But you're talking more like real time. Or closer to real. Content. Yeah, closer to real time. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Did everybody just get dropped, or was it just me? I think it was just you. Just and, you. I, and I think we're about to okay. wrap up, too. But, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and so we have... <laughs> every, my, time anybody, every time anybody says anything that I really want to hear what they're saying, all of a sudden <laughs> everything goes weird, and I drop uh, yeah, well, we are we are we are testing so, the limits of the internet right now with uh, nineteen people in the call. Yeah. So. <laughs> so the next time everything goes weird on me, I'm gonna like do this, so you'll know I'm not really there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think we go ahead and wrap up this this week's Cocoa Talk, and um, uh, definitely look forward to more of these. These are fun. I'm looking forward to your keynote uh, at Cocoa Fest, Rick. And I want to thank you again for being my okay. first officially scheduled interview um which really <laughs> kind of got the got the ball rolling and look forward to many more interviews and many more talks and um you know this is awesome and, and nick thanks for being here all the way from australia yeah mark you've been kind of quiet you still with us mark oh yeah i'm here okay mark is here <laughs> and bill noble got to see bill in the flesh we're getting to see a lot of faces that we don't usually see all the time so we get to see nick we get to see david Ladd yeah you never bill. see me <laughs> so it's good it's good all right guys well we're going to wrap up uh coco talk number two uh thank you all for being here and thank you everybody who joined us live as well and uh we'll do this again until then keep on cocoing everybody nice. bye, bye, guys. Bye. bye 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 Hey, I'm John Strong, author of Bomb Squad, and you're watching the original <laughs> Gamer CV Stro. Hey, this is John Strong. Beep, bleep, 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 <laughs> blooper time. <laughs> you're watching the original Gamer CV Stro. Thanks for listening to another episode of Coco Talk. We certainly hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, why not check us out on the web at cocotalk.live where you can watch video replays of all of our live episodes as well as send us feedback and suggestions for the show. We'd certainly love to hear from you. Until next week, I'm the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. Keep on cocoing. Coco forever. Have a Coco day. And bye-bye, everybody. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me. It's the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. You know, gameplay goodness. Gameplay goodness. You know, gameplay goodness. All right, people. Gameplay goodness. Thank you so much. You know, game there's my goodness. shark down there. Yeah. There's Maggie. You know, yeah. gameplay goodness. Just do it. Gameplay goodness. Just do it. Gameplay goodness. You ready for this? You know, gameplay goodness. Yeah. You know, gameplay goodness. You know, gameplay goodness. This is how we like to do it. Gameplay goodness. All right, people. You know, gameplay goodness.